Yes, you are God. Yes, you are. Oh, you're deserving of more. You're deserving of more. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. You deserve more. More from us. More of us. You deserve more. In the book of Acts, chapter 1, verses 6 through 8. Acts chapter 1, verses 6 through 8. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall, be with, shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. I want you to read verse 8, and as you read it, read it to the person that's standing or looking beside you, standing beside you, okay? But you shall receive, no, well, let's do it like this. I want you to put emphasis on you, all right? Let's go together, one, two, three. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me. and Samaria, and the ends of the world. Amen. Somebody say, you. you. Tell the person next to you, you. you. Amen. You. 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 I want to talk about don't neglect your responsibility. Don't neglect your responsibilities. Father, thank you for your word and the power of your word. Thank you that when your word goes forth, it will not return to you void, but it will accomplish all that you desire. Thank you that you prosper your word in the things that you sent your word to. So thank you for sending your word to us today. Thank you, Lord, for what your word will do in us. Thank you, God, that we will hear not like, oh, I've heard that before, but we will hear you today. Speak to us directly from your word concerning your will for our lives. Have your way. Be glorified. Grant me a fresh anointing of your spirit that I will communicate your word under your anointing with power and authority. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 It is not for you to know times or seasons which the Lord has in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem uh, and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Amen. You know, when we, when we approach the scripture, it's important for us to know that Acts is a continuation of, of basically Luke's gospel. If you read the end of Luke's gospel and then go to the book of Acts, then you kind of pick right up on what the Bible is saying uh, through the writers of the scripture. Amen. And this is this particular situation. Jesus has told his disciples to go back to Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Father, which shall come upon you uh, not many days from now. Of course, from the time he spoke uh, from after he was resurrected until the day of Pentecost, Pentecost meaning 50, they had to wait uh, from the Passover to Pentecost, 50 days. But they wait those 10 days from the time of his resurrection um, uh, until his ascension and when the Holy Spirit came uh, and indwelt the world, not just indwelt the world, but filled the believers, uh, indwelt believers. And since that day, uh, the Holy Spirit lives in the world and the Holy Spirit indwells believers. Amen. There is no way for you to be a member of the body of Christ without the Holy Spirit baptizing you into his body. 
Amen. So the Holy Spirit always has a part in this process. So for people who sit back and say, they, you may say, I'm not filled with the Holy Spirit, but you can't say you haven't been baptized with the Holy Spirit. If you haven't been baptized with the Holy Spirit, you've never been saved. Amen. Amen. So it's important to understand that. Churches mix up that doctrine, uh, you know, and I don't want to get into doctrinal teachings, but churches, especially uh, Pentecostal and holiness churches have mixed that up, and a lot of churches even now teach baptism in the Holy Spirit means that you got saved one day, and then later on somehow you got the baptism, you start speaking in tongues. Baptism means to immerse you into. So you have been immersed into the body of Christ. There's no way for you to be saved without the Holy Spirit being a part of the process. There's no way for you to be a part of the body of Christ without the Holy Spirit bringing you in. Now the, the Bible says after you have been saved, you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And Ephesians say be being filled with the Holy Spirit, which is an ongoing process. And that's what we have to understand. Now some people are not being filled every day. And you wonder why you go through the struggles that you go through because you don't submit to the Holy Spirit so that you're daily being filled with this Holy Spirit. Maybe not just daily, maybe, maybe hourly, maybe secondly. You know, you need, depending on what you're dealing with, maybe you need a fresh infilling from one moment to the next moment until you get it right. Amen. And then once you think you got it right, you still need to be filled again. Amen. Amen. Just like you clean your house and, you know, after you finish dusting, you look back a little while later, later that's still dust. You got to go back and clean again. You know, but it's important for us to understand that the Holy Spirit has come. He has indwelt the world. Amen. That's the birthing of the church. Amen. And he indwells every believer. There's no way for you to be a part of the body of Christ without the Holy Spirit's work in the process. Amen. Amen. So every believer has been baptized into the body of Christ by the Holy Spirit, which is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, when you were baptized into the body of Christ, you may never, you may not have spoken in tongues, amen, but the, but, but the potential is inside of you because the Spirit lives in you, amen, to be everything that God intends for you to be and to manifest the gifts that God has placed in your life. That comes with you growing and maturing in, in the Lord and being, being filled on a daily basis. You know, it's a dangerous thing for you to neglect the infilling of the Holy Spirit. It is very dangerous for you to neglect the infilling of the Holy Spirit. It's dangerous to you spiritually for you to neglect the infilling of the Holy Spirit. It's dangerous for you to say that you are a Christian and you neglect be being filled with the Holy Spirit on a, on a, on a daily basis or hourly basis, amen, or however it takes for you to get through what you're going through, amen? And a lot of times we wonder why we deal with what we deal with as long as we deal with it and the way we deal with it because we are not allowing... Holy Spirit to minister to us, amen, by being, by filling us, not, not halfway. I mean, if you fill a cup, it's filled, amen. If you only want halfway, then you only put half of the water in. You don't say, I'm filling the cup and then put half of the water in, amen. So God doesn't fill you halfway. When he fills you, he fills you, Amen. Amen. Now, 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 trials and struggles and things in life will cause things to happen, and then you feel the weakening. You feel uh, you're pouring out. You're ministering, and, and you feel the, the tapping of, uh, upon the anointing that's upon your life. And so now you need a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit. Amen. But you shouldn't wait two weeks to ask for a fresh infilling. You shouldn't wait from week to week to ask for a fresh infilling. Amen. Glory to God. Anyway. That's not exactly what I'm preaching about, but that's what I'm preaching about. <laughs> that's kind of the background of, of what this, this scripture is speaking to us about. Amen. And so, so Jesus calls his disciples together, and, and, and they want to know, is now the time that you will restore the nation of Israel, the kingdom of Israel? That's their concern. So right now, you see they're missing, they're missing what God is doing. They're missing the purpose of Christ coming into the world. And, you know, we miss things sometimes. We can't condemn them for missing because all of us have missed something in the Lord. Amen? But, but Jesus says to them, it's not for you to know times or seasons which the Lord has in his authority. All right? So there is something that you need to be focusing on that's not dealing with times and seasons. Amen? Don't be worried about when Jesus is coming back. 
Amen. A lot of things are written about when Jesus is coming back. And some people live saying, you know, yeah, we need to be ready when he comes, but that should not be our focus. Our focus needs to be the ministry at hand. Because if you live doing the ministry at hand and living for the Lord, you will be ready when he comes. But if you live your life another way, you won't be ready when he comes. So he says, it's not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has in his authority. God has this. God, God's got this. God, God has everything laid out. God knows when the end is going to be. So that's not your focus, okay? He says to them, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. That's your focus. That's your focus. Receive the power. Be my witnesses. That's your focus. Be my witnesses in Jerusalem. Be my witnesses in the surrounding country, not just Judea, not just among the Jews, not just among your own people, but in Samaria, those people that you look down on that you think are not fit to be a part of God, that you've turned up your noses at, those people that you have become prejudiced against, those people that you think are, 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 are nothing but dogs, in Samaria, and then not just in the surrounding nation, but to the ends of the earth to the ends of the earth. Now, since all of us in here, at least most of us in here today, and, and many people who are listening to us on Facebook Live or will listen through our radio broadcast, we're Christians. I heard three amens. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I am not ashamed of who I am. I am a Christian. Amen. I am. Praise the name of Jesus. So this is most of us in here are Christians. <laughs> we too are disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And as disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ, we too have the responsibility to fulfill the Lord's mission in the world. In the day and time that we live in. Amen. It's a global responsibility. Someone say global. It is a global responsibility. And, and the Lord said to me as I was preparing this message, don't neglect your responsibility. As I looked at the scripture, I know Jesus was speaking to his disciples. And he's speaking to them collectively, but he's also speaking to them individually. You shall be my witnesses. You shall be my witnesses. At home, in the surrounding community, in the surrounding nation that you live in, and to the ends of the world. To the most possible. It is a global responsibility. Okay? Mission, the word mission means, most basically, ascending forth. Okay? Now, today, we, we see a lot of people have mission statements. You walk in, 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 any company, you will see a mission state statement somewhere on the, on the wall. Everybody has mission statements, and their, their mission statement speaks to that purpose, okay? It speaks to that purpose, uh, their reason for being in existence, okay? So they have derived this term from Christian usage because mission is really, uh, is fundamentally a Christian word. God sent Jesus into the world. So the church, the body of Christ, is also sent into the world to continue the Lord's mission in the world. It's our reason for being. It is our purpose for being alive, for existing, not simply to be saved. Every time we come to worship, there is, a, there is an end to our worship to go into the world. We're just finishing, Lord, you deserve more. 
Do you ever ask yourself, am I giving to the Lord what I should be giving? Do you ever stop and ask yourself? We, 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 that's a beautiful song. Beautiful. We sing a lot of beautiful songs. Yeah, they just sound so wonderful. But when does it become personal? You know, am I, am I giving to the Lord what he deserves? It's one thing to say, Lord, you deserve more. Are you giving, are you willing to give more? And if you say, yes, I'm willing to give more, then, then how are you going to work that out? Because, you see, we are a very, we are a very, selfish society. We're very individualistic. We think about ourselves first. We buy into, I think it was Charles Darwin's philosophy of the survival of the fittest and we want to survive. So we try to make sure we're fit so we can survive. And a lot of times we do it according to our own strength and our own ability. But what the Lord is trying to show us is that this is not about you and, and, and it's not about what you do to make yourself survive. It is about trusting me and what I've called you to do. And when you learn to give me more, then I can give back to you. And I can put you in a place where you can really be blessed. You got to understand your purpose. Your purpose is not just to come, it's not just to come and worship. It's not just to live, you know. You've heard me say that the Lord did not create you to get married, to have ch that your sole purpose is not to get married, to have children, uh, to have a job, to buy a house. Live the American dream. God created you for the praise of his glory. In the process, there is marriage. There is having children. There is a procreation of the race. That's why we see a lot of stuff that's happening today that's against the will of God. You can't say God created you in a way that you can't procreate and have children. Don't buy into that philosophy. People are saying, this is the way God created me. You know, you think, you know, think through some things because people say some stuff that and, and buy into the world's philosophy. So, so you mean to tell me God creates something that can't fulfill his will? There are, there are married couples who are barren and we pray for them and they become pregnant. God opens the womb. Because he created the woman to bear children. And he created the man to put the seed there because the, the, the egg and the seed got to go together. So don't buy into that philosophy. It's now, Lord, help me. So sometimes we get off track, and that's why we get into that deep cave, and it's hard to come out of that cave because we got down in there so deep that we need somebody who knows how to swim to come in and get us out. Those boys are not going to get out of that cave until they, they got two out this morning. I don't know how many more are in there. Are y'all listening? They needed someone who knew what to do to go in and get them out. You know, if they stay in the cave, they're going to eventually die. Think about the situations you see people in. If they stay in their caves, they're going to eventually die in their sins. You know what we should be wanting to do when we come to the knowledge of the truth? Lord, prepare me so I'll be a skilled diver so that I can go in and rescue people that are in caves. I don't want to be just one that comes to church and just listens to the sermon, but I want to be prepared so that I can get involved in the work, so I can get involved in the ministry and help deliver people from the depths of despair that they find themselves in. That should be our desire. Oh, God, I thank you. This is the mission 
Jesus came to do what? Seek and to save those who are lost. They had to find those boys. They thought they were dead. But someone kept seeking. How many people do you think are dead? There's no hope for them to turn around. And you've given up. Hope for them. Our parents give up on their children. Your child come to you and say, that's the way I am. And then you say, okay, that's the way you are. I'm going to love you. Yeah, I'm going to love you the way you are, but I'm going to pray for God to deliver you. I'm going to pray. I'm going to talk. I'm going to speak the word. I am not giving up until God brings you out. I don't know if you hear what I'm saying today, parents. Grandparents, I don't know if you're hearing the Lord today. You can't stop. Your children are lost. They're in a cave. Amen. They're deep down in, and don't give up on them. Don't buy into the world's philosophy. You got friends, young people. You have friends who are lost. Don't buy into the world's philosophy. You are a child of God. You need the boldness of the Holy Ghost. That's why Jesus said, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. This is not about getting along and being nice with people. You don't want people going to hell. You say you love somebody and you don't tell them about their sin. And you don't pray for them and talk to them to try to bring them out. Listen, they may not repent until there's one last breath in their body. But if they repent at the end, the soul is delivered from hell. Stop buying into this world's philosophy. The world has affected the church so much that we are not willing to stand up. We are afraid to speak the truth in love. It is not hatred. It is not judgmental. Your child is driving down a road and the bridge is out and you know the bridge is out. You mean to tell me you're not going to tell your child because you don't want your child to be upset with you? But this is our mission. This is the mission of Christ. And this is what he's given to us, the church. Now I realize, I realize that everybody is not going to understand and everybody is not going to agree. Some of you sitting in here now are thinking through your minds of why you don't agree with what I'm saying. That's okay. You got that right not to agree. But let me just tell you that at the end, at the end, it doesn't matter whether you agree with God or not. God's word will stand. God's truth will stand. God's way will stand. You got to know. And if you plan to make it into heaven, you ought to want to see your child in heaven. You ought to want to see your husband in heaven. You ought to want to see your wife in heaven. You ought to want to see your grandchildren in heaven. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Hmm. Oh, Jesus. This is the mission, the mission of the church, the mission of Jesus. And he's given this mission to you and me, saints. It's not just about us coming to worship and feeling good and going home. You got to challenge yourself. If you see yourself walking out of the will of God, don't justify yourself in your sin. Don't try to make you feel good about yourself. Be honest with yourself about who you are and what you are. That's the only way to get help. 
Apostle Paul said, I keep under my body that I may bring it into subjection, lest after I preach to others, I myself be a castaway. Be honest with yourself about who you are and what you are. Be honest with yourself about your sin. Don't justify yourself. Repent. If you have to repent, tell me to repent until you get it right. Keep working, keep dealing with yourself until you come out of that mess. Because it's mess. It's sinfulness. It is unrighteousness. I didn't say it. God said it. Can't be afraid to challenge people. Not if you say you love them. Let me go a little bit further with this. Oh, God. Listen to what Jesus says. These these are New Testament scriptures, but I'm going to quickly go and deal with some Old Testament scriptures in just a few minutes. But Jesus said, as the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. All right, in John 20 and 21. As the Father has sent me, I'm sending who? Look at your neighbor and tell him, tell him what the Bible said. Jesus said, as the Father has sent me, he said, I am sending you. Bishop didn't send you. God sent you. I'm just a messenger, just conveying the message. Hmm. Listen to what Jesus said. Jesus said in Matthew 20, 26 through 28, Jesus said, whoever wants to be great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to serve, did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. You hear what the Lord said? If you want to be first, if you want to be great, then you got to be a servant. If you want to have a name, if you want to be popular, humble yourself and be a servant. See, somebody says, I don't want to be great. Yeah, but you want to be popular. If it's just with your family, you want to be popular. Some of you like to be the life of the party. <laughs> Jesus said, you got to serve. You got to serve. You got to serve. You got to serve. And you got to give your life as a ransom. Do you hear the Lord? You have to give your life as a ransom for many. You can't be selfish with this thing. This is about giving your life so that other people can be rescued. It's not about you. You say, you say, well, I got to live. I got to have a roof over my head. I got to take care. What did Jesus say? Take no thought for your life. Think of all the trouble you've gotten into because you're taking thought for your life. Some of you wouldn't be in credit card debt if you didn't take thought for your life. Say amen, Walls. You're on vacations you couldn't afford. You're wearing clothes that you robbed God to buy. Put them on credit card. Even got your hair done with robbed stolen money. Some of you might have got a haircut with stolen money. You took thought for your life. Jesus said, consider the lilies of the field, how they are arrayed with such beauty. You know, they're torn us, but God takes care of them. Consider the fowls of the air. They sow not reap, but God takes care of them. Then he said, seek first the kingdom of heaven and its righteousness, and what will happen? Will be what? 
You know what's wonderful? When you get a gift, when somebody comes and gives you some money that you didn't work for. Isn't that wonderful? Don't you like that? Somebody added to your life. You didn't go and work 40 hours a week. You didn't struggle. You know, they just added to you. Somebody said, come, I want to take you out to lunch. You know you were hungry, and they went to a restaurant that you wanted to go to. They just added to your life, and you didn't work for it. The Lord says, I want to add to your life. I want to give you some things, but you got to seek me first. He said, you're putting it backwards. You're putting all this effort and all of this energy into taking care of yourself and making plans for yourself. Yeah, you ought to make plans, but you ought to say, if the Lord wills. And you put all of this emphasis on, I got to take care of myself. Some of you all will not give the way you ought to give because you're looking at your bank account and you're thinking about what you're going to do next year. You don't believe that the Lord will supply all your need, not according to your bank account, but according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Jesus went on to say in John chapter 13, verse 15, he said, uh, this is when he sat down after the Last Supper and he washed his disciples' feet. He said, I've set an example that you should do as I've done. I've set an example that you should do as I've done. Now apply that to everything that the Lord teaches us. He has set an example that you and I should do as he has done. Even suffering. Because Peter later said, Peter said in, second, in, in, in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 21, Peter said, Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. Christ suffered. Everybody say suffer. Who likes to suffer? But what happened? You got to suffer. You're going to go through some things in this life. Yeah. Now, 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 this is the way we should suffer. We shouldn't, this is how suffering should come. It should not come because of our disobedience. It should come because of our obedience. Because when we are persecuted for righteousness' sakes, the blessings come our way. Some of us are persecuted because of our sin. Ain't no sense in you worry about people talking about you when you're doing what they say you're doing. They're talking about me. Well, you put your business out there. Don't you get sick of these folk on Facebook? They tell all that business on Facebook. You'll be wondering, why don't you just keep this to yourself? And then I wonder, why are these crazy fuck up on, I'm glad I don't know any of them, on these, these lawyer shows, or these judge shows, you know? I don't know if that's the truth or not, but it sure is crazy. So, yes, their friends are going to talk because they see, let me go on and finish this message. You put your stuff out there. Think about it. I don't want, want nobody talking about me. <laughs> Stop doing what you're doing. Say the Lord, Get, have a good testimony. You know? You know, people don't talk too much about good testimonies. Folk who like to gossip, they're going to talk about the mess you're doing. But the saints will talk about the good things that's happening in your life. Yeah. So, so Jesus said, you got to follow my, you're going to suffer. You're going to go through some things. If you serve me, he said, the world hated me. They're going to hate you. You're going to suffer. But, 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 but mission is not just in the New Testament. You know, uh, this morning, Rajan and I were talking about listening to God and listening to the story. You know, when we listen to people, we should learn to listen, listen actively and listen attentively, you know, to their story. Amen. Listen as they tell and listen to their whole story. You know, part of the problem with the church is that we've not listened to God's whole story.
You don't have time. You don't have time to listen to the whole story. You get bits and pieces. And you don't even have the, 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 the wherewithal to fill in the pieces that you've been missing. I try to make it a practice. If something should happen that I miss my morning reading, that I go back to my devotional sometime during that day or two, during that night before I go to sleep and go back and read that devotional for that day. Not that I'm not praying and talking with the Lord throughout the day, but I've made this a part of my spiritual growth to do my devotional every morning. So if I miss some of it, I got to go back and get what I missed. But so many Christians... So many people have never read the whole Bible. So they don't know the whole story. And half the thing about it is, you don't have any plans to read the whole Bible. Amen, Walls. Thank you, Jesus. I'm about finished with this message, y'all. Y'all, you may not believe it, but but I'm about finished with this message. When we look at, when we look at, when we look at When we look at the Old Testament, we see God sending. We see God going. We see God looking. We see that he's ascending God. Not just, you've heard me talk about the table of nations, and you've heard me talk about God's heart for the nations. But before we look at the table of nations, we see Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. Amen? And and after they have sinned, God goes looking for them. God goes on a message, on on a mission, looking for them. Are you hearing me? After they have sinned, God does not write them off. He goes looking for them. We see God speaking through Abraham. And God saying through Abraham, I'm going to make you a great nation. And through your seed, all of the nations of the earth shall be blessed. So Abraham, this is not just about me blessing you and blessing your house. How many people are blessed in here? How many people are blessed in here? It's not about God just blessing you and blessing your house. God has blessed you to send you to be a blessing to the nations. To the nations, you. Somebody say me. Read the Bible. Read the whole story. You see God at work reaching humanity, bringing humanity back into fellowship with him ever since the fall of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. I'm not going to belabor this point, but I want us to to hear God specifically speaking to each one of us today. You are included in God's plan. You can't get around it. You can't get around it. Amen. You cannot get around it. You have a responsibility. You have a responsibility to go to the world. You have a responsibility to go to the world. Jesus said, it is not for you to know times and seasons which the the Father hath in his own authority. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem and Samaria and Judea and all Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You is a personal pronoun. God is speaking to you, not only to his disciples then, but also to you. Not only to the person sitting next to you, but he's speaking also to you. Not only to the person who's bringing you the message today, he's speaking to you. You have a responsibility, and you need to fulfill your part of this global mandate. Life and living is not about you fulfilling your desires. Why do you have the skills that you have? Why do you have the gifts and talents that you have? There is a way God wants to use you with what he's placed inside of you. I I was talking to my mechanic one day, and I said, man, you ought to go on a mission trip with me. He said, Reb, you know, he's a good man, but. Good Baptist deacon. He said, Rep, he said, what would I do over there? I said, they got a lot of broken down cars. You're a mechanic. You can work on cars. And while you're working on cars, tell them about Jesus. How many people go on the mission field as tent makers? 
How many teachers, how many architects, how many doctors and lawyers, how many, how many, how many uh, dentists, how many, you know, housewives just go on a mission field? No particular skill, but you have something. God didn't give you what you have for you to keep it to yourself. You, you, you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the world. I beg to differ with everybody who says that their ministry is only to the United States of America. I beg to differ. Because Jesus said, go into all of the world and preach my gospel to every creature. Make disciples of every nation. I beg to differ with people who say that all of our monies should be used just for the United States of America. And we will build huge buildings with mortgages that we can barely afford. And we use that as an excuse not to go on the mission field. Jesus said, go therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. He said, go. He didn't say stay at home. He did not say, tabernacle of praise, he did not say stay at home. You've got to be in part of this going process. So how do we do this? I said I was going to finish and I'm about finished. I'm going to give you three things. Hopefully they'll stay at three. (laughs) We have to be open to God as he ministers to us through the Holy Spirit. We've got to be open to God. got to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. He ministers every day. That's why the Bible says be being filled. He's not filling you up so you can sit there and look good. He's filling you up so you can be emptied out. You mean to tell me that you're going to pour yourself up a glass of iced tea and sit there on the table and look at it? You're sitting at the dinner table. And you wanted the iced tea, so you fill the glass and you sit there and just look at it. That's a pretty glass of iced tea. You filled it up so you could drink it, so you could empty it out. And once you empty it, you want more. (laughs) I said iced tea. (laughs) Oh, if the meal is hot, glory to God. Amen. He filled you. So he could use you and empty you out. Some of us are not being emptied. We come to church on Sunday and we get the word. We enjoy the worship. And then we go back out and we do nothing with what we receive. We're not being emptied. We're not being emptied. Well, I shouldn't say we're not being emptied. You've been emptied another way. The world is zapping your strength. Trials and tribulations of life is zapping your strength. The devil is bombarding you on one hand and on the right. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So when you don't use what God gives you, it's like the man who went and sowed seeds. And some seeds fell by the wayside and some fell among thorns and, and you know, Be open to God. Yield your total self to him because he prepares and he presents opportunities to you. So when you're yielded to God, when you say, yes, God, it's not my will that must be done. It's your will that that, that must be done in my life. And you do everything that you can to open yourself up and yield to God. And sometimes it's a struggle. You know, it's like trying to go to sleep at night. 
You know, sometimes when I lay down, there's a lot of things on my mind, and I realize that I like to sleep. Amen. So what I do is I cut that stuff out. Mm -mm. You, you're not going to steal. You're not going to rob my sleep. My mind is not going to be racing so, so I can't go to sleep, you know, and I cut it off. So I yield myself to sleep. And there's stuff you have to cut off. That's why Paul said, I keep under my body. Amen. He said, kill your members that are upon me. That's some stuff that you need to kill in your life so you can yield to God. We allow stuff to live that we don't have to allow to live. We allow attitudes to live that we don't have to allow to live. We allow dispositions to live that we don't have to allow to live. We allow them to live. And as long as they live, we're not yielded to God. God wants us to yield to him. Because he's preparing every day opportunities for you to be used by him. Every day, every day. There's not a day that goes by that God does not prepare an opportunity for you to be used by him. But you'll miss it when you're caught up in yourself. When you're miss, you're going to miss God when things are all about you. You're going to miss God when you are worried about the cares of the world. You're going to miss God and miss the opportunities to be a witness unto the Lord. Lastly, Hallelujah. Take advantage of the opportunities that he, that he prepares for you. Take advantage. So, so tabernacle of praise in this congregation. Let me just talk to us today. In this congregation, we give every Sunday to missions. How many people just don't give? Every Sunday, we pray for nations how many people have bought into the power of the body of Christ joining together? And just remember now, at, at 12.30, when we're still in worship, seven hours ago, the church in Kenya was in worship. Four hours ago, the church in Liberia was in worship. You're getting the picture. So, so the church is gathered 24 hours a day. It's not just little tabernacle of praise in York, South Carolina, but it's the body of Christ that's praying for the nations. And we join in a part of that process every week. But how many people really take it seriously? Oh, that's just another time, way to fill up worship. I hope they're up and finished so we can go on because I got to go home. I got to eat dinner. And Lord, don't let football season be going on. <laughs> That's just, this is just, these opportunities. So when we say, in two weeks, there's going to be evangelistic outreach. In two weeks, there's going to be vacation Bible school. How many people are going to make the sacrifice to be engaged? And going to come prepared for the children that come in to witness to them. How many people? You don't have to answer. We'll see in a few weeks. We will see. We will see. We will see. We go. We have churches in these places. We go. People have gone on missions. People, we have the opportunity to go. But how many of us engage? There's some people who so diligently in the missions. There's some people that never give a dime. Not a dime. They don't give a penny. They don't, not, not one brown penny. I'm not rebuking. Well, I am rebuking you. I'm not talking about you negatively. I'm just pointing some things out. That God presents opportunities. Take advantage of, even in this congregation, the things that God has presented to us. And we get five people, ten people. But the Holy Spirit has presented it to us. To be engaged in this global mission.
We have missionaries that we support. Very few people have asked me, Pastor, what's the name of the pastor in Burkina Faso so I can pray for him? What's the name of the pastor in Guinea so I can pray for him? I don't think anybody's ever asked me. So then it becomes this bishop's work. It's not our work. So then when the Lord calls me home, I guess the work will go home with me. When the Lord calls me home, what's going to happen to Tabernacle of Praise? If you're not here because the Lord put you here, then when I'm not here, where are you going to be? So I'm going to die before you die. <laughs> Are you hearing me? Are you hearing the Lord? God has richly blessed this ministry. You might talk about all the things we don't do. Talk about the things we do do. Do, do. Amen. Amen. Talk about the things we are engaged in. Talk about how you can get engaged. Talk about how you can use your skills and your abilities. And don't wait until Bishop say, come on, let's do this. Come and say, Bishop, I want to do this. Come and say, Bishop, I'm ready. I'm willing. I'm going to go out. I'm going to share this. Pray for me. Give me your blessing. That's how we fulfill our responsibility. Got to get engaged with what God is doing. Jesus says, my father work, my father works, and I work. I want everybody in here to be able to say what Jesus said. My father works, and I work. It's not about me. It's about, it's about the Lord's commission to the world and me being a part of fulfilling my responsibility in this process. Let's stand.